0: Almost 20 years ago, Angela and I were newlyweds, still living in the honeymoon stage of our first year of marriage together. All was wonderful as I was serving my first congregation as a director of Christian education, and Angela was in her first year of teaching at a private school in Bennettsville, South Carolina. We had made vows one year prior to be with one another forever, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. But neither one of us thought that we would experience the sickness and in-health part so early in our marriage. You see, it was May the 4th of 2002, and about 8.30 a.m. that morning, Angela woke up to an unexpected phone call. She heard, Miss Smith, this this is the nurse at Marble County Hospital, calling to let you know that your husband has been severely burned and is here at our emergency room. I remember her walking into the room with me, her eyes filling up with tears as she came to be by my side. That was not how that day was supposed to have gone. You see, I was doing the Lord's work that morning, cooking 500 chicken quarters in order to support our youth fundraiser, uh, the largest fundraiser that we had to support our mission trip that summer. The chicken was the main dish, and I was anticipating that our students would arrive a little later in the morning to help prepare the side dishes and then to help hand out the meals that had been prepaid for. So... Four volunteers and I had gotten up at about 5 a.m. that morning and begun working on this endeavor together. And as we did so, we were cooking on four large pig cookers, big grills, and they were fueled by propane gas. As the, the meat was cooking and we were hanging out and talking, everything seemed to go fine. But it was a damp morning and the wind blew furiously and it blew out the flame from one of the grills. Smelling propane, I got up and checked the grill and I turned the gas immediately off and did what I thought was the smart thing to do by lifting up the top of the lid and letting the lower flap down, allowing the gas to dissipate for at least five minutes. But to my surprise, when I went back to relight the grill, there was more gas inside of this pig cooker than I realized. And when I went to relight it, it exploded and it knocked me back about five feet. Of course, I was in shock, not knowing what had just happened, and thought that I was completely okay until I looked down at my hands and I could see my bare knuckles. It was in that moment that the most painful burning sensation came over my body. I was rushed to the hospital, and there I had been diagnosed with severe second-degree burns, And they had said that they were going to transport me to the Medical University of South Carolina because they had a burn unit there. And it's there that I spent nine days in intensive care, unsure of what would happen. I was in extreme pain, afraid, wondering why this had happened to me. And it all had happened so fast, just like an unexpected storm that hits you by surprise." You see, so often people assume that when we choose to follow Jesus that everything is going to be okay. We think much like the writer of Deuteronomy who says, if you do good, you'll be blessed, and if you do not, you will be cursed. But the Bible is not just one book. It's made up of many books, and it includes a book called the Book of Job that reminds us that even the faithful followers of God will experience furious storms in their lives suffering and heartache comes to everyone believers and unbelievers alike and today our scripture from Matthew reminds us of this reality Matthew says this then he Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him in fact the passage prior deals with others who came to Jesus saying teacher i will follow you wherever you will go But Jesus responds in ways that demand the utmost allegiance to him, reminding them that the time to do so is now. Don't make excuses for why you can't follow me now. So as Jesus enters into the boat, so too his disciples follow him wherever he leads. But on this particular journey, they had no idea of what was about to happen next Matthew tells us suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Out of nowhere, a storm ravages the lake, and the safety net of solid ground is not an option for the disciples. Now, the Greek word here for furious is the word seismic. This was not just a storm. The quaked and the waters raged up upon them. Now, I'm sure at first they did what they could to navigate the boat to safety. After all, a number of them were actually fishermen, and they were used to being on the water. But the storm raged on to the point that they feared for their very lives. So the disciples finally went, and they woke him up yelling, Lord, save us! We're going to drown! Literally, we are being destroyed. They were scared to death. Have you ever been in a situation like that before? Have you ever been caught in a storm? Have you felt the waves sweeping over the boat and crashing down upon you? Maybe out of nowhere, an illness or pain leads you to the doctor. You're thinking, it'll be a simple fix, and the test results come back, and they confirm maybe the worst of things, like cancer. What do you do next? With great anticipation, you've waited for months to hold your precious baby girl and to see her face, but suddenly labor pains come upon way in advance and premature delivery takes place, putting your little baby in the neonatal intensive care unit, hooked up to wires and to oxygen. What was supposed to have been a joyous occasion has now become your worst nightmare. You've been happily married for years and God's blessed you with children. However, recently you and your spouse have become estranged. Arguments form the only conversations that you ever have. Anger settles in. And finally, separation follows. You had vowed that your I do was forever, but now it seems to be in question. What do you do? You've been blessed with a great job and wonderful benefits, but you've just found out that your job is being cut due to budget constraints. You have a mortgage. You have a car loan. You pay for childcare, and no means now of covering your bills. You're overwhelmed and worried that you won't be able to find employment to cover all of your family's needs. These are just a few of the storms that we can encounter in life. I find that we all know storms way too well. Some come raging upon us out of nowhere, while others are there on our radar. But when it finally arrives, it seems that the storm just sits and stalls over us. I find that all of us will experience the storms that life often brings. And I find that we're either in the calm before the storm, we find ourselves in the midst of a raging storm, or we find ourselves just coming out of the storm and finally experiencing a bit of calm. In a nutshell, these are the three stages of life, and most often we find ourselves somewhere in one of these three places. But when we find ourselves in the midst of the raging storm, we get scared, which is absolutely normal. We recognize in these moments that we're not in control as we thought that we were. And like the disciples, we wonder how Jesus can sleep peacefully while the winds and the waves sweep over us. We begin to lose hope. And allow our fears to hold us captive we wonder why god would allow this storm in the first place i mean can't the one who created the heavens and the earth keep us from experiencing this pain we question if god is the one who is causing this storm altogether but the scriptures declare time and time again that god loves us and only wants the best for us. In fact, Jesus tells us that I have told you these things, these things about what would happen to his disciples, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. I think sometimes we have a tendency in the midst of our storms to rely upon ourselves to get through them. And I'm sure those fishermen did everything they knew how to do before they came to the realization that they couldn't handle it alone. Just like them in despair, we cry out to Jesus to save us from destruction. We know that our survival is dependent upon Him. And when we cry out to Jesus, Jesus answers that prayer. The disciples woke Him up, and Jesus responded to them saying, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then He got up and He rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed. And asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus' response is a bit strange, isn't it? Before he rebukes the winds and the waves, he rebukes his disciples. And he literally calls them little faiths. And then he asks what seems to be a stupid question why are you so afraid? Maybe the better question from the disciples would have been how can you sleep through this? Doesn't the psalmist declare in Psalm 121, verse 4, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Well, if this is true, why was Jesus asleep in the boat? Was it because he's truly human and exhausted and needed to rest? Or was he sleeping because he had the utmost faith and trust in God? Or was he sleeping to see if the disciples would seek him during the storm? Maybe, just maybe, Jesus was resting his eyes, proving the psalmist to be right. Even though Jesus tells them their faith is small, it isn't passive, for it leads them to seek his help. They have just witnessed him heal the sick and even cast out demons, so they know that he has power. They just don't understand the full extent of it. You see, little faith is not no faith. It's the beginning of faith. It's not that they don't have faith. It's just that it's not complete. It's weak. And they have allowed their fears to overshadow the one who's in the boat with them. And I find, honestly, that it's easy for us to do that too. We can focus so much on the fear that the storm creates that we can easily forget the God who has the power to deliver us from its grasp. Or even if we acknowledge that God has the power to do it, we fail to believe that God will. Or if God doesn't answer our cries for help the way that we want them answered, we somehow think that God doesn't care or hasn't been present with us at all. So I ask you this morning, who led the disciples into the boat? Jesus. Who remained in the boat with the disciples when the storm came upon them? Jesus, who responded to their desperate pleas for help. Jesus, who calmed their fears and ultimately calmed the storm. Jesus did. You see, what I find most comforting is that Jesus goes before them into that boat. He is present there with them and he responds to their cries for help. They are never alone in the midst of the storm, nor does Jesus tell them that he won't answer their cries because they don't have enough faith. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus cares for the little faiths as much as he cares for those who have great faith. And while we will face storms that may be painful and hard for us to understand, All the storms we face have a tendency to lead us to our acknowledgement that we need a Savior to be present with us. And we cry out for Jesus to save us. We will find a Savior who can sympathize with our weaknesses and who understands the frailty and the pain of the sinful and broken world. You see, I find that the most important thing we can experience is God's presence with us in the midst of our storms. As I look back, After all these years, having survived what has been the most physically and painful experience of my life, I can see that in the midst of my own storm that God was in the boat with me. That doesn't mean that I wasn't scared or that I didn't experience pain or even unsure of what was going to happen. I was concerned that I might get an infection or would I be scarred for life or how was I going to pay for all of these medical bills? I was struck down, but I was not destroyed. I'm sure to Jesus, I was a little faither, calling out for help. In the midst of the day-to-day struggles and pain, God granted me his peace and his strength and his calm. I experienced visitors from inside and outside the hospital who were friends of people who lived there in Charleston, I received numerous cards and packages from our church family. There were people who called the hospital to check in on me. One couple sent us their credit card so that Angela could get a hotel next to the hospital so that she could be right there with me. And on a particular Sunday, my pastor drove three hours from Benetsville to Charleston to meet with me and to serve me communion at my bedside as an extension of the communion received with the church family. And as I come to find out a bit later, my medical bills would be covered by our workers' compensation policy. You see, what I found out was that God was far bigger than the storm that I faced. My storm wasn't just nine days in the hospital. It required some home health care and staying out of direct sunlight for over a year. But here's the thing. God was always with me, showing up in the many faces of others, Who checked in, who called, who showed up, and who cared for me and Angela all along the way? It reminds me of a song called Sometimes He Calms the Storm by singer Scott Crepane. And it reminds us of a very important truth with our passage of scripture today. The chorus of the song goes like this Sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered, Peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close and lets the winds and waves go by. Sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. You see, sometimes Jesus will rebuke the winds and the waves and will completely calm the storm. And some storms will linger and rage longer than we want them to, but Jesus promises to hold us in the midst of it all. It doesn't matter if our faith is weak or if our faith is strong. Jesus answers our cries for help and reminds us that we followed him into his boat and that he's never going to jump out even if that boat sinks. Instead, he makes his presence known to us, giving us his calm, the peace that surpasses all understanding as we trust in his power over any fear that might hold us captive. And as we experience this for ourselves, our faith increases and matures as we stand in awe of the one who makes the winds and the waves obey him. So friends, today, may we too lift our eyes unto the hills to the one our help comes from, For our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who watches over us and neither slumbers nor sleeps. Yes. Yes, may we remember and trust in him to hold us fast and to deliver us when the storms of this life come upon each and every one of us. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father,